Hello. Good, good afternoon. Hi. Hi. So we're about to start the podcast. Okay. Okay. So we're going to do like an intro and you can introduce yourself. Okay. So we are the What the Hell podcast. I'm Allie. I'm Grace. I'm Marae. I'm Sammy. And we are going to be asking Miss Burgundy a few questions today. <laughs> Could you explain who you are? Yes, my name is Burgundy Bass, and I am a health educator for the past 30 years, and I'm very interested in your podcast, What the Health? What a creative adventure that you're on here. Looking forward to your questions. Cool. All right. So we'll start with our first question, which is what ideas do you have on solving mood dropping effects of schools? Well, to just sort of bullet point that out for you, my thoughts were first and foremost prioritizing human connection and high quality communication starting with the earlier ages and building on those communication skills and opportunities to have connections with their peers. Yes, I agree. Like a lot of the times kids are really sad because they're lowly in classrooms or they don't think they can connect properly with students. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like the school environments are very stressful on people. Yeah. Like I know for me personally, I get to like sometimes mm-hmm. the point where like I just don't want to go to class just because yeah. like being in there is stressful. Yeah, that's what I can have in you know what environments we could, you know, make to make it less stressful sometimes would be pretty good. It's true. One of the things that I also thought about when you asked that question was <clears throat> prioritizing life, not just school. You know, like if you get the opportunity to think for just a minute beyond the school setting, what what are you prioritizing in your life beyond just the immediate school demands? And when you start prioritizing the living you're giving less energy to the demands and you're probably going to develop more coping skills in all the areas of of your life when when a person can balance that yeah yeah that makes sense so our next question is how does the environment around us change our mental health? Ooh, what is Especially, Especially for school-aged individuals. Well, that's a really interesting question. I felt like you guys are so smart to be asking this, especially at your age. And that's just going to serve you so well in the future. Because when I think about any environment, whether it's school or family or hanging out with your friends on non-school time. Everybody has basic human needs that must be met in order for a person to reach their full potential. And that actually dates back to Abram Maslow, who's one of the most uh, famous psychologists that theorizes that a person's physical needs have to be met first 
and then their brain is focusing on their safety and then their ability to belong and then they can feel recognized and then reach their potential. So I think it really kind of depends on each environment as to identifying what needs are missing or need to be a little bit more developed in order to maximize the potential of a person's learning. Yeah, um, but yes, that's... That makes yes. a lot of sense. Yeah. I do agree too. It's like yes. your physical needs have to be met before you're able yeah. to kind of flourish in school. And that's really important. That's what the whole reason we're thinking about how to design a better school. Yeah, a lot of people don't really think about how like things around them really affect themselves. They just kind of like think everything's mentally instead of like, you know, like simply just being in a room can really change your mood. Yeah, pretty mm -hmm. much. So let's move on to our next question. Why do you believe our learning environment is getting worse when we have the supplies and options to fix it? So that's really interesting. So if we break down that question, mm -hmm. it leads me to ask a, another question. Ooh. Is there an assumption in the question? And if you think about that, like, so for example, are all learning environments getting worse? Yeah. And can we, can we know for a fact that all learning environments are getting worse? And if they are, could it be that the greed of speed or the interruptions in our lives, whatever they may be, are literally robbing us of our ability as humans to be fully present and attentive to our own needs as well as to the needs of the people right in front of us. Yeah, I can if, that's, if that's the case, could this then impact the quality of our communication, the speed, increasing the odds that we're going to make additional assumptions in place of actual discovery and learning, which will then lead to judgments that are placed on people without the true knowledge or facts because the relationship and the attention and the patience and understanding were never present in the first place. Yeah, <clears throat> that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Yeah. It is true that that question we kind of worded in a sort of way where there is an assumption like that school environments are getting worse, but it's like maybe not all of them are getting worse. It's just that some that are seem to be highlighted more than the ones that are getting better. Yeah, I feel like, you know, with our busy lives and everybody doing, you know, this and that, they don't have time. Some people don't have time to fix certain school environments pretty much. And school environments, I think, have gotten better because I know like a lot, like I've seen like articles about times like way before in education where they like just simply had like a big board, the teacher and the students yeah. and like chairs individually. So schools have gotten a lot better with the environments, but I feel like they haven't really put the needs of the students and the people who are in those environments like as the first thought a lot of the times. Yeah. Well, do you think it should be the teacher or the educator's job or their place to make it a better and more positive learning environment, or could the students 
would the students put a bigger impact on that? I think it's like a joint effort. Like it can't just be the teacher and it can't just be the students. It has to be something that they work for together. I, I totally agree with that. So yeah. let's move on to our next question. How will bad learning environments affect uh, our youth in the future? Well, the good thing here is that just kind of like we led into with that last comment, we do have the ability to create a healthy learning environment when we know how to communicate and what our brain and body needs to perform at its best. And I think you guys are doing an incredible service by the podcast, What the Health? You're bringing it to the forefront that when we actually understand how our brain and body work, then we can support and empower each other with that to get those needs met, to reach our greatest potential together. And when you get down to it, once that is realized, it is our responsibility to create those environments for ourselves and for each other, whether it's in our family, whether it's in our school, whether it's in activities outside of school, or whatever the situation is. The cool thing is we do have those opportunities. The interesting part is where we're going to choose to put our energy because it does require some focus and energy to make these things t come to fruition. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really important for like people now to like really think about people who are going to be like growing up in the future and how we can make things better for them in like any environment really. Yeah, because it's a lot of the times it's we think so much about our generation, but we don't take into account what our future generation will have to deal with, the things that we're doing in school. And if we set up learning environments that aren't effective or aren't productive or are excluding kids out, then what are what are we doing? Like, that's not going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, on our last quote, we have one more question. How do ineffective school structures negatively affect our learning? You know, I, I kind of go back to, I, I think really what's happening is, is by focusing on the negative, it robs us of the energy that we have to make the positive changes, especially yeah. with our communication. It is possible to develop and instill communication skills at early ages and then add more complex situations that allow us to respect each other and respect the time that it takes to process information. Just like us talking right now, you're doing a beautiful job of listening to what I'm saying without interrupting and I'm able to hear your perspectives which really brings greater education to me as a human being. And when we can respect each other and each other's ideas and be able to communicate in a way that shows that, then we're all going to be able to advance. Yeah, like personally, I have a, I have a younger brother and he's like around eight right now. And I feel like with school environments, Sometimes I don't really like attend to the needs to everyone. Like, my brother's a very like 
energetic like playful kind of person he doesn't have like the best social skills sometimes and I feel like in school they don't really put the needs of people like that first and they just kind of think everyone should be a certain way and that you know if you act different than that like you are special in a way mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that's that's it for all of our questions today thank you for uh, uh yeah. answering these questions thank you so much yeah. for being with you us got, you got you guys are making a difference just keep going you're doing great thank mm-hmm. you thank you thank you bye, bye. bye.